This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. The Lord Jesus Christ was thought to have come out of Galilee, and because of that, he was despised as it says in John 7, 41 through 42. Others said, this is the Christ? But some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? Hath not the scripture said Christ come out of the seed of David, out of, Beth- out of Bethlehem? So they answered and said unto him, art thou also of Galilee? John 7, 52. Search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. See, the Lord Jesus Christ was despised because he was not from Jerusalem. And Ruth was despised because she was not from Israel. And the Lord Jesus Christ was despised because he didn't study under some great famous rabbi like Gamaliel. And the Lord Jesus Christ was despised because his father was a carpenter and his family wasn't wealthy. And the Lord Jesus Christ was despised because, relatively speaking, he was young compared to the old learned men with their long gray beards. And so just as Ruth was despised for her background, the Lord Jesus Christ is despised for his background. But Boaz was not ashamed of Ruth. And the question is, are we ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ? And because Boaz openly associated himself with Ruth. He wanted everyone to know, I'm not ashamed of Ruth. And do we openly tell everyone that we worship the Lord Jesus Christ and we're not ashamed of him? The Lord Jesus Christ made it very crystal clear that now is the time we need to go out of our way and not be ashamed of him. As he said in Mark 8.38, Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in his glory of his Father with the holy angels. He made it very clear that to not be ashamed of him, it'll have a cost. But it's worth it. It's worth it. As he said in Mark 10.32.38, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess before also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Think not that I came to send peace on earth. I am not come to send peace, but a sword. 
For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and a daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foe shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He that taketh not up his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. See, sometimes to not be ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ, it costs. And it costs splitting a home right down the middle. I like my Jewish friend uh, in New York who received the Lord Jesus Christ just from watching the, my testimony DVD. And then when he told his wife, she told him, we can't live together anymore. And, and they've been married for over 30 years. And my friend, he didn't blink. And he told her, I'm not turning back from the Lord Jesus. Fortunately, she blinked. And she didn't move out, thank God. But it has happened where to not be ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ has cost a Christian his spouse. And if a Christian stands firm as my friend did and is not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ, then the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ into that Christian's life is not coming with peace at the home. But it's equivalent of a sword in the home. And if a man will find, and a man may find that his own enemies are right there in his own household. And the only way for that Christian to survive is to take up his cross. But if a person buckles under the pressure and is ashamed of the Lord Jesus and denies him when the Lord Jesus said that he would deny that person, and it so much comes down to what a person does under pressure, which is why he puts it in the individual with the him, him, him. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before a man, him will I confess before my Father in heaven. Whosoever deny me before a man, him will I deny before my Father. This is what Samuel meant when he told King Saul that Jehovah Jesus had rejected him from being king anymore. And he said in 1 Samuel 2.30, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever, but now the Lord saith, be it far from me. For them that honor me will I honor. Them that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. David made it a point to speak openly of the Lord before kings, who did not believe in the Lord, and to not be ashamed of him when he said in Psalm 119, verse 46, I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings and will not be ashamed. So David determined, I'm not gonna buckle. I won't buckle when I speak before kings and authorities. When I speak about Jehovah Jesus, it'll be without shame and I won't buckle. But tragically, tragically, the parents of the blind man in John chapter nine, they buckled under the authorities. They buckled with shame and they did not confess that Jesus is Lord. And it says in John 9, 22, these words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was the Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. The Bible clearly states that confessing without shame that Jesus is Jehovah, that Jesus is God is what saves a person. Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, the God Jesus, then shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. See, Paul exhorted Timothy, don't be ashamed of the Lord Jesus, or of Paul, when he said in 2 Timothy 1.18, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, 
nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partakers of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. It's when we openly declare that Jesus is God that we lay hold on eternal life. And Paul told Timothy that, that he had seen how he was not ashamed of the Lord Jesus. And Paul encouraged Timothy, continue on to not be ashamed of the Lord Jesus. And remember, Paul told Timothy, remember how the Lord Jesus did not buckle under Pilate, the authority, Roman authority, when he said in 1 Timothy 6, 12 through 13, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. Otherwise saying, he didn't buckle. A person seals their salvation, and God dwells in that person when that person openly declares without shame that Jesus is God. That's what John said in 1 John 4, 15. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. See, that's not, that's not just, just a person that's saying, Jesus is my Savior, or the master of my life. That, a person can say that Jesus is the Savior, master of his life, and not believe that Jesus is God. But John makes it very clear in, in John 4.15 that a person must openly declare Jesus is God. That's why when a person prays the sinner's prayer, we try to get him to go out and openly declare Jesus is God. Because the open confession without shame that Jesus is God determines salvation. And, and this is the debar. This is the critical issue for a person's salvation is, is, does he, is he openly declaring Jesus is God. Each person determines his own salvation based on whether or not he is without shame declaring Jesus is God. It all comes down to that. And when it's time for a person to make a clear clear statement that Jesus is God, that's a critical crossroads of life. And as soon as Boaz heard about Ruth in verse six, it's the Moabitish damsel, he was at that critical crossroads. Which Boaz is he gonna be? The one that's ashamed of Ruth or the one that's not ashamed of Ruth? And that's why verse eight is so important when it says, then Boaz said unto Ruth. So what we see here is Boaz breaking off his conversation with the foreman to go directly to speak to Ruth. He was not ashamed of her poverty. He was, a, he, 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 he was not ashamed that she was his relative. He was not ashamed that she was a Moabite and, and his relative. And so what we see here, something wonderful that he said to her in verse eight, he says, then said Boaz unto Ruth, hearest thou not my daughter? It's very important to see Boaz and make sure that, that Ruth clearly understands when Boaz is speaking to her that he is not saying to Ruth that starting when he says, hearest thou my daughter, the key to understanding what Boaz was saying to Ruth is to see this last thing that he said to her in this little passage there, hearest thou not my daughter. Before he spoke, that's the first thing he said, before he spoke to her, and the last thing he said in verse 12, he said, you have the Lord, you have the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. See, when Boaz said, hearest thou not my daughter, and then he says, the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust, what he's saying is that he wanted her to hear and understand that she had come to trust under the wings of the God of Israel, that that's where Boaz was. And so Boaz was trusting under the same wings of the Lord God of Israel. He's not addressing her as a landowner or the big boss 
by calling her my daughter and a person who has come to trust under the wings of the Lord God of Israel, Boaz wanted Ruth to understand that he viewed her as together with him, trusting under the same wings of the Lord God of Israel. That was what made them part of the same family. Boaz was not saying to Ruth that he was, that, that he was together with her in the same family because of blood relationship. Boaz, when he says, my daughter, Boaz is saying to Ruth, when he says, my daughter, that they're in the same family because both Boaz and Ruth had run and now found themselves together, trusting under the same wings of the Lord God of Israel. See, what did Boaz mean when he said in verse 12, when he told Ruth that he knew that she had come to trust under the wings of the Lord God of Israel? What does it mean to be under the wings of the Lord God of Israel? What is this place? that's called under the wings of the Lord God of Israel. The Lord God of Israel is Jehovah Jesus. So who are those who are under the wings of, of Jehovah Jesus, God of Israel? Who comes under the wings of the Lord God of Israel? The last three words in verse 12, Boaz describes everyone who's under those wings when he says in the last three words, Luke, Ruth 2.12, come to trust. Everyone who is under the wings of Jehovah Jesus, the Lord God of Israel, has come to trust. They are all trusting in Jehovah Jesus, which is what Moses said in Psalm 91.4. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Under his wings shalt thou trust. We are trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, and, and, and that puts us under his wings. Moses said in that verse, God's truth would be our shield and our buckler, which are really two types of shields. One is, one is the, the buckler, it's a shield that's strapped to the forearm, and the other one is the shield that's held by the wrist, I mean by the fist. And, and, and they offer a more complete protection. So when Moses says, his truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler, he's saying that those who are under the wings of the Lord God of Israel are trusting God's truth, the Bible, for their complete protection. Under the wings of, of, of the Lord God of Israel, we trust that the Bible is absolutely true. And we see from verse 12 that when Boaz used the term come, which he does, you are come, he says, the Lord God, verse 12, the Lord God of Israel under whose wing thou art come to trust, He's emphasizing that Ruth had come to trust in the Lord God of Israel. Boaz had also come to trust in the Lord God of Israel. The word come means that, that he knew that Ruth was not trusting in God all her life, and Boaz was not trusting in God all his life. And there's no such thing as a person who has been a Christian all their life. Everyone comes to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a time in every believer's life when he realizes he's a sinner and he receives the Lord Jesus Christ as God and Savior. Now, why did Ruth come to trust under the shadow of the wings of the Lord God of Israel? This question applies to us. And anyone who has come to trust under the shadow of the wings of the Lord God of Israel, why does anyone come to trust under the shadow of the wings of the Lord God of Israel? David gives us the answer in Psalm 36, 7. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. 
See, it's because of the excellent loving kindness of God. It's when a person sees that the loving kindness, the chesed of God is excellent that he comes to put his trust under the shadow of the wings of God. See, when a person sees the excellent loving kindness in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, then he'll run under the shadow of the wings by becoming one of the ones, in the end of that verse, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We have seen that under the wings of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've seen the excellent loving kindness of God, and we see it's a place of trusting. Now David told us that under the wings of God is also a place of rejoicing. He said in Psalm 63, 7, Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. Under his wings, Boaz and Ruth, they both rejoiced because they knew that as the chicken would have no place under the hen's wings unless the hen opened up her wings. And so they would have no place under the wings of God unless God opened up his wings. And we rejoice under those wings because Jehovah Jesus used one word to describe his willingness to open his wings in Matthew 23, 37, when he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that stonest the prophets, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and you would not. See, the word would, how often would I have gathered it tells us that he opens his wings in a statement of willingness. He says, yes, I want you to come under my wings. You see, I've opened them up for you. And Boaz and Ruth, they both knew that the only reason that both of them had come under the wings of the Lord God of Israel is because the Lord God of Israel had opened this place of protection called the shadow of the Lord God of Israel because he opened his protecting wings. Now, what do we do when we're stressed and we just need a place to go? We need a place to hide from all the pressures that are just closing in on us. David said, Psalm 17, eight through nine, keep me as the apple of thine eyes. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings from the wicked that oppress me, from my deadly enemies who compass me about. See, under the wings of God is a hiding place. As a matter of fact, the Bible calls the place under the wings of God a place of refuge in Psalm 57.1. Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. See, in that verse, David has said that he was trusting God in the shadow of his wings, and he's going to make his refuge. And as David said that, we can see David at this time. He's running away from Saul. He's trying to kill him, and he's, and he's all over those, those hills of Angedi and by the Dead Sea, and he's going from cave to cave, and he's approaching this cave, and he said, this looks like the perfect cave for me to be safe from Saul. And we see he finds that cave, and he says, this cave will I make my refuge. In exactly the same way. He's, David is looking at the wings of Jehovah, and he says in Psalm 57, 1, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. That's exactly what's meant by the song, till the storm passes by. In the dark of the midnight have I oft hid my face 
While the storm howls above me, there's no hiding place. Mid the crash of the thunder, precious Lord, hear my cry. Keep me safe till the storm passes by, till the storm passes over, till the thunder sounds no more, till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. It's exactly what he meant when he said, I will make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed, till the storm passes by. In the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. Isaiah knew that, that under the wings of God there was a refuge when he said in Isaiah 4, 6, and there shall be a tabernacle or a tent for a shadow in the daytime from the heat and for a place of refuge and for a covert from storm and from rain. So we've seen under the wings of God that Boaz was referring to is a place of trusting, it's a place of hiding, it's a place of rejoicing till the storm passes by. But because under the wings of Jehovah Jesus is a place to trust, it's a place to hide, it's a place to rejoice, Moses said, it's a place to stay. He said in, in Psalm 91.1, he that dwelleth or he that stays in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. See, under the shadow of the Almighty, it's not a place ever to leave. It's a place to stay, a place to abide. 2,000 years ago, Jehovah Jesus himself, he speaks of the wings and he uses this word in the special place. We see him then spreading his wings of Jehovah Jesus. Now he's out in the open, and he's saying, and as we said, he steps into full sight 2,000 years, and he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that stonest them that are sent unto thee and killest the prophets, how often would I have gathered thy children together? He says, gathered thy children. He says, gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth, her chickens under her wings, he would not. He uses this word to describe it under his wings. It's a place of gathering. Gather thy children together as the hen gathereth her chickens under her wings. See, under the wings of Jehovah Jesus is a gathering place. Each of us, when we came to the Lord Jesus Christ, we ran alone, one by one, under those wings. As it says in Isaiah 27, 12, you shall be gathered one by one, O you children of Israel. But when we came there, one by one, under the wings, we looked around, we saw we're not alone. We saw that there were others under those wings too. And there's because they came to that place of trust and hiding and rejoicing. And then we realized the term, gathered. He's gathered us. You shall be gathered one by one. I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wing. I mean, look around this morning, and you'll see the ones that have been gathered. And this is what Boaz said to Ruth, under whose wings thou art come to trust. See, Boaz saw Ruth as a person who had come to trust under the wings of God. Boaz saw himself as a person who had come to trust under the wings of God. And so by calling her my daughter, he addressed her not as a Moabite, but as an equal who had come as he had to trust under the wings of God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for those wings the wings of God that you have opened up for us. You opened them up, Lord, and then you said, come. And Lord, we came, and now we're rejoicing in there. 
we're trusting in there, we're hiding in there, and we're seeing others that you have gathered together in there. Thank you, Lord, for your wonderful love. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.